Welcome to Purposely Bossing Up, where we talk about bossing up in business, but we always talk about bossing up in life. Hey y'all, this is your girl T, the host of Purposely Bossing Up. On today's episode, we have Jacqueline Jones. Jacqueline H. Jones is a vibrant singer, songwriter, and self-published author. In the prime of her life, she experienced two life-threatening health scares, aortic dissection and triple negative breast cancer. She is a survivor returning to her first love, the arts. In January, she released her new single, Urgency, and in her self-published memoir, And It Is So, The Power of His Promise, she recounts her life experiences to help encourage others to follow their purpose. Her background is in healthcare, but her passion remains in the arts. Fully recovered and renewed, Jacqueline is using her voice to empower, encourage, and uplift all who dare to believe. So I introduce to you all Jacqueline. Hello, Jacqueline. Hi, Tiwana. How are you? I am great. I am great. How are you on this day? I am doing great. Doing great. Awesome. I'm just so blessed to have you on the podcast today. And thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get into this interview. So this podcast is called Purposely Bossing Up. Let our listeners know, what is your definition of purpose? Well, you know, my my definition of purpose is really the definition that God has for us. It's whatever his plan is for us, whatever we have been called, that's really our purpose. Um, and so everyone's purpose is different. The route in which we we travel to get to our purpose is very different. But once we understand what his purpose is for our lives, then we move forward. And we move forward without asking anyone if we should, how we should. But we just basically follow his leading. Um, and in turn, we end up fulfilling that purpose that he has for our life. And so I just believe that that's the way in which we should go um, because we don't generally know what we should be doing, but he has a way of taking us through different trials and situations that kind of land us really where we're supposed to be. And that's so right. that's that's what I believe our purpose is, is just following his leading and ending up at that place that he would have us to be to encourage other people. Yes, I truly agree with that. I know me, my stubborn self, it took me, <laughs> it took me a while to try to not saying I didn't trust God, but I wasn't trying to listen. Like, you know, you want to do things the way that you want to do right, things. Right, right. And all the other crazy stuff. So I'm more like, you know what? Let me get my act together. Because <laughs> if I get my act together, if I get my act together, things will go the way they're supposed and, to. And that's the truth. And I think you come to a point where you get tired of messing up. Yeah. You, know, you just really get tired of messing up. And you just have to stop and pause and say, wait a minute. God, it's not working my way. Right. So there has to be another way. For, for this thing to work out. And I, I just thank him for the opportunity that mm-hmm. he has given me to now use my voice, both literally and figuratively, mm-hmm. um, because that was almost cut off and gone. Um, oh, and wow. so I'm so grateful to him. I, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that God has given me right now in this space of my life to really share 
what he has done for me, the yeah. course that he's taking for me to get here. And now I do this thing unapologetically. I know that God has purpose for my life. I know that the things that I've gone through and the trials that I have endured are not just for me, but they're for him to bring him glory and to bring him honor. And not only that, but to really encourage other people to know that you can go through and get through. Yes. If that is nothing else, I'm a living witness that God will take you through some tumultuous times. But in the end, his glory, that's really what it's about. It's all about mm. his glory. So I just thank him for all that he's allowed me to do to get to this point. Wow. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. And that's only the first question. We need to pay the plate. <laughs> Pray for me. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love it. So what is one word you will use to describe yourself and why? Blessed. You know, and some people use that word loosely. Yes, but they when do. I tell you I am blessed beyond measure, I have been blessed. The favor of God has been on my life, literally mm. on my life. And so if I had a word, I, for me, it would be blessed. For God, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, as children and even as adults, we have role models and mentors. Can you tell our listeners who was your role model and mentor growing up and did it change over the years? My role model and mentor actually uh, was my oldest sister, Rosemary. I come from a family of 10 children. Wow. And growing up, I was the baby for probably the longest time out of all of my siblings for about seven years. And I actually grew up thinking that she was my mother because my father at the time was a minister and my parents were traveling. Um, mm -hmm. And then we also had an incident in our home where my brother was severely burned at the time that I was born. Just wow. before I was born, there was an explosion in our kitchen. I mean, so my sister really became that role model, model for me. And she set a perfect example. Um, she told me about the importance of education. She talked to me about life stuff, you know, girly stuff. Yeah. Um, she talked about the things that I should watch out for in college. But she was really, really just an example of a woman of integrity. And so I looked up to her a lot. And it's funny now how she and I, even though we're 13 years apart, those mm -hmm. years have kind of closed in that we're more, um, you know, uh, affirming and mentoring each other, sort of. But she has always been that that one in my life that I can honestly say all through my life has really been a blessing, has been a mentor to me. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. You know, you always sometimes have their sibling and you know that like you look up to because they got the most sense. You know, <laughs> like, I don't have any siblings, but I know friends who have siblings. And I'm like, you know, out of a bunch, you know, it might be yes. four or five. It might be one that really has it together. And you're like, yes. you know what? It's this person. I'm going to look up to them because they got it together. Right, <laughs> right. Yes, yes. So if you could give your 15-year-old self a piece of advice, what would you tell her and why? At 15 years old, let me see, I was young, I was immature, but at 15, I would tell that young lady to pursue her dreams. You know, a lot of times we don't necessarily, there are some children who know what to do at 15 years old, or they've already yes. got something in mind. But at 15 years old, I would tell any young lady, pursue your goals and be persistent in that thing. And the other thing is don't let anybody tell you what you cannot do. 
That's right. That's very important. Don't let anyone tell you what you cannot do. If God has placed a desire in your heart, Mm -hmm. you run with it and just follow and listen and look for good people who can pour into you. And I'm not talking about people who just pour into you that pat you on the back and tell you you're great and you're wonderful, but pour into, allow people who who have your best interest at heart, even if the answer to you at that particular moment is no, not right now, maybe you should consider this. Or if you just flat out off track, allow that person to be honest enough with you to let you know that maybe you should kind of chart your course a little bit this way, or maybe focus your attention this way, but always seek out good counsel. That's really what I'm saying. Make sure that you're seeking out good, solid counsel. People that have a legacy or a reputation for giving out good advice and then living that type of life in front of you that you can emulate. So I, I think that's very important to make sure that young people are aware of that. Good, good counsel. Yes. And so funny because I just literally today put up a post on Facebook that said, you know, I've raised a lot of children in the church. church." (laughs) And I said, these children have graduated from high school, graduated from college. Some Mm -hmm. of them have good jobs. I said, but they will drain you for all your church money, yeah. all your church candy, and yeah. they'll drain your battery on your phone. I said, oh, I know I'm going to be a good mom. And I'm done. Right. I said, it's just so many children, you know, that you never know who you're a role model to. You know, you never know True. who looks up to True. you and who helps mold you into who you are today. So yeah. anybody else who a young church mother <laughs> like me with mm-hmm. no children, literally, but, wow. you know, it's just so many, you know, people that can look up to you and, and just, Give those, like you said, give them good advice. Give it, mm-hmm. just surround yourself with good people because yeah. they have your best interests at heart. Right, right. And actually, you know, at, at the same time too, even learning from your experience yes, um, is often a good teacher for the young people. You know, mm-hmm. everybody hasn't walked that crystal stair or lived that most pristine life, but they've come out on the other side. And so they have something that they can share with the young people that's real, that's authentic. Um, but that also lets them know that you can achieve despite what you may go through. That's but right. if I'm a good example of an experience or of a situation to keep you from going that way, then follow my counsel. Listen to what I'm trying to tell you. And hopefully that will avoid pitfalls for them as they grow older um, and they become adults. That is right. I love it. So what do you feel was your biggest challenge to get where you are today and how did you overcome that? Well, you know, I think every experience that I've had and, and, you know, I I go into uh, this book is really about an abbreviation of my life. It's called, and it is so the power of his promise. And so I come through and I kind of share some very, very heart wrenching times and and situations that um, resulted in me being the person that I now am as a result Mm -hmm. of the things that I've gone through. And I kind of take you on a little bit of a journey of how I I got to the point of where crises and things began to occur. And as they began to occur, it really put me in a place where I had to truly and honestly believe and trust God. We say that we trust him, but when you are hit with a crisis that, that, that rips at your heart, literally mm-hmm. and figuratively, you've got to have a foundation in God to know that he's going to bring you out despite what you see, despite what you're feeling, despite 
everything that's telling you that it's not possible, that it's a hopeless situation. You have to have a firm hold on the word of God. When he says you can do all things, when he says, I am uh, the God that healeth thee, you mm-hmm. got to know you got to get that thing down in your spirit in such a way that nobody can walk up on you. A doctor can't give you a diagnosis and you just accept it for your life. Mm-hmm. But you, you allow the word of God to become your strength and to become your defense in those situations. So, you know, I, I, I look at the experiences that I've had and I'm saying, God, these experiences have made me who I am today. They've given me the strength and the fortitude to really, really share with people that we are serving a God who is indeed a promise keeper. He is yeah. a promise keeper. I, I will tell, I can tell anybody that now in the midst of anything that they're going through, God is indeed a promise keeper. And so those, those life altering events, and, you know, I kind of share about uh, what happened at the time that I had the aortic dissection. And many people don't know what that is. So when I say it, a lot of people say, oh, okay. They kind of understand breast cancer, but right. they don't understand aortic dissection. But if you will allow me just to briefly just kind of yes, give people ahead. an idea of what that is. The aorta is that large, thick artery that comes off of your heart. It feeds your internal organs. And so if there is a disruption, like for me, there was a tear from the top of my aorta all the way down. Now that was called a type B dissection. There was also something called a type A dissection where your aorta (laughs) tears from the bottom of your, it starts up through the bottom of your heart up. A tear anywhere in your aorta is life-threatening. Generally, people who have a type A A tear, A dissection, those people Mm -hmm. often die almost immediately if they don't receive medical attention right away. Down, it is still life-threatening in that if an aneurysm occurs or if Mm -hmm. the aneurysm, you know, bursts, could kill you kind of instantly as well. I was blessed to have a type B and uh, dissection, which means it tore at first. It compromised my ability to breathe. And so this occurred in my home. I was taken to the hospital. But then by the time I got to, I was taken to an urgent care facility. And I kind of go into the detail of how I got to the urgent care facility. But I lived in that state, in that condition all day until I couldn't tolerate the pain anymore. And wow. so I end up at another urgent care facility. And from there, they do a CT scan. And I'm really abbreviating the story, but they do a CT mm-hmm. scan and they realize that, hold on, we have a aortic dissection. The unfortunate part about that, and I really, the doctor, when I kind of visualized his face, when he came back in the room to tell us that, he says, your situation is critical and we're, we're going to transport you immediately to the urgent care uh, center at University of Maryland Shock Trauma. And so when I arrived there, there were multiple physicians, nurses, they were in my room. The goal was to immediately lower my blood pressure, lower my heart rate, because that blood runs rapidly through your aorta and it feeds those internal organs and it kind of extends down into your extremities. So of course, my pulse was taken from my neck all the way down to my feet. They were checking me because any disruption of blood flow to those major organs could really impact your life you know, your kids, right. all those things that the aorta feeds. So they they really had to do a level of work to kind of get those things down where they could start monitoring my situation. But God, I, I will tell you, God kept me through 
that whole process. And we waited a couple months in order for them to determine what would happen to me. And that was a blessing in and of itself uh, to even be able to sit and wait for some time. So I will tell you, that was a huge challenge. And I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there, but I just want people to really understand the magnitude of an aortic dissection. There are several actors that have lost their lives more recently to this uh, condition. Um, And so, you know, I want people to understand that when they say that aorta, that is a critical part of the body's uh, system, uh, artery system. And so I had just been just blessed in the favor of God on me and believing his word and taking him at his word. I think that is what took me through um, that process. And so I explain, of course, a little bit more about the trials and tribulations of that particular uh, medical condition. Yeah. Wow. That's a testimony. I I tell you, it it was more than I could even imagine. I have to, every now and then I think about it and almost want to pinch myself. I'm like, God, I am here. Right. You allow me to live through that. I am here. It is nothing but miraculous. Nothing but miraculous. Mm, 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 mm. Yes. Mm. That is truly a blessing. That is truly a blessing. I tell people all the time, count your blessings. Yes. God could have chose to take you out of this Out. Out. Like, gone. Yes. Yes. But he allowed you to open up your eyes and see the sunshine and hear the birds. Yes. Yes. So we we do more complaining in today's society than anything. We complain about everything. And trust me, I'm guilty of it. Oh, yes. I'll complain, you know, but, you know, you have to to count those blessings because things can be sudden and and you have no clue what the ending is going to be. And you said it right there because this is a suddenly condition for for people who actually have this happen to them. They don't get that opportunity to go back and and fix things and correct things and say their apologies. And, you know, many don't have that opportunity. So for God to even give me that space of time to be able to to live through this thing. And I kind of talk in the book about how God takes me through this process of really getting to the point where I was going to stand flat footed on what he said about my healing Mm. when the enemy was trying to kill me in the hospital, you know, while he was trying to talk to my mind and the death threats and things would come, you know, and how I had to to turn that thought process off and really trust God. Um, So I'm telling you, purpose, you talk about bossing Mm. up, I had to Mm -hmm. boss up flat on my back. I had Mm. to boss up and say, devil, oh, no, 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 no. I know. No, I said, I know God. <laughs> he said, I shall live and not die. And I had to get mm. those things out of my mouth because I tell you, if the enemy has his way, he will talk you into the grave. He sure will. He'll talk you straight into the grave. You start believing everything that he says. Um, but if we take God at his word and really trust him, I, I, I firmly believe this, that many people are not here today because they did not take God at his word. They really did yep. not, you know, they they didn't take him at his word. But I, I tell you, my purpose now is to make sure that I let people know God's word is true. Um, and That's if we right. just really, really trust him to do all that he promised to do for us, we're going to see miraculous things. You you can believe yeah. it. Yeah, you can believe it. Yes, I yes. love it. Oh, my yes. goodness. Oh, somebody needed to hear that, <laughs> you know, because somebody else's testimony can help them unleash some things about themselves. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, somebody needed that. So can you tell me a little bit how you got into the art? So I see, you know, 
You're a singer. You're a songwriter. You know, tell our listeners about, you know, your new single, Urgency, and sure. maybe a little of the story behind it. Sure, sure. So um, just to kind of give you a quick history, I have always sung. I mean, coming up, I grew up in a family of 10, and so we always sang in the church. <laughs> I, I, you know how you get caught in, you know, if you're in church, you're going to sing. Even if you can't sing, you're going to okay. sing. But um, I also sung in um, high school. And I think I didn't realize that I really could sing until about the eighth or ninth grade. Um, uh-huh. And so by the time I hit high school, you know, not too many people get the privilege of singing the national anthem at their high school graduation. But the Lord blessed me with the opportunity to do that. And then I kind of continued singing in the choir when I went to college. And mm-hmm. then when I moved in, and actually when I was in college, I would sing like many places. I can't even tell you how many weddings I used to sing at. I sang in a, a group um, at a community choral group. Um, I sang in our college choir. And so when I moved to Maryland, I moved, also came and, and began to sing at my church. And um, we would put on productions because I always liked theater. So my singing always involved some type of theatrical production as well. And Mm -hmm. so I just enjoyed acting. That was also a big part of of my life. I had the opportunity to kind of co-produce a play that was actually played at the Prince George's Playhouse. Oh, wow. So that was that was fun. And then at my church, um, we put on several productions, had opportunity to write some productions, co-write productions. Uh, The last production that I was in that I helped kind of co-write and edit was this past December called Entertaining Angels Unaware. And that was an Mm -hmm. awesome um, production. And so it's just always been a part of my life. How urgency came to be, while I was going through just some personal challenges, the Lord kind of led me to the Word. And out of the Word, He would provide me with lyrics to songs. So I just started writing songs. And I, I sent a compilation of songs to uh, copyright, and it was titled under uh, the title of Surrounded by Songs of Deliverance. So God blessed me in that way. And that really kind of hushed some of the, the enemy's little tactics and plans. But when we had the attack uh, on uh, 9-11, 2001, I believe that was, the first attack of the first tower, I was at home. By the time I got to work, they had attacked the second tower. And I knew right then that this wasn't just something that was happening. And I started to hear the panic within our office. I mean, people were crying. They were trying to get in touch with their children, their husbands, and it was pandemonium in the office. And I just sat down to my desk and I just started writing. There's an urgency in my soul that makes me want to do more. There's an urgency in my soul telling me to press on. There's an urgency in my soul that time is winding up. I must do what I must do for the Lord. And so I just began to write. And so as time would have it, as we were kind of dealing with a a family challenge, I ended up going into the studio because at that particular time I needed a distraction. And I think for the opportunity that he laid out there for me to go into the studio and record the song. But unfortunately, at the time of the recording, my voice was really not where it needed to be. I was sleep deprived. We were going through the challenge uh, of a situation. And so I did not record or release the song at that time. But I will tell mm-hmm. you, October of last year, 2018, it was like God put a press on me as if to say, if you don't do it now. Um, and right. I had never felt that press so strongly as I felt it at that particular moment. And I knew I had to release this song. I had to release it. The way it sounded before, I tried to go into the studio and make some changes and perfections. But when God tells you to do something, he's not asking you, do you to pretty it up. 
He, mm-hmm. he's not, and that's he not wants you your to do job. it. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's not your job. You release it. I'll do what I need to do with it. But you do what I tell you to do. And so he put that press in me to just release the song. And, and it, I think anyone, um, when we look at the political climate today, when we hear about what's happening in the White House and what's happening around the world and how people are conducting themselves, there is an urgency that we need to have as people of God of really, really sharing the story about the love of God. And that's what urgency really talks about. It talks about the love of God. It talks about people dying, looking for good news. And there's no time to wander and pick and choose. We can't be picky and choosy about who we're going to share this gospel with. But as the leading, you know, through the leading of the Lord, if we tell of his love and the love that cost him his only son, that's what the urgency should be for us now. Um, And so God allowed me to release that song. And so I'm just praying that it will be a blessing as well as the information that I share in the book about the health challenges and how God kind of orchestrated certain people in my life Mm -hmm. to carry me through that whole process. I'm just praying and just believing that God will give opportunity for me to do. And I appreciate you for allowing me to even share um, this this portion of the story, um, because I honestly believe that as God allows us to go through challenges and things, it's not just for us. It'd be nice. It, it'd be great if I could just sit home and say, oh, God, you healed me. You did great. But how is that helping right. anybody else? Exactly. That's just self-satisfying and self-serving. But when God does something great for you, I think you owe it to 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 the people. There's a responsibility That's that right. we have to really share our stories of victory and triumph, of trials and tribulations, but but how mm-hmm. he brings us out of those things. So I'm praying that urgency will, will, will give people that encouragement that they need. And the same thing for the book. I'm just praying that God will be blessed by the book as well. Yes. Yeah. So. so with everything that you had going on, what is your meaning of success? And what do you consider to be your current biggest success? And it can be personal or business related. Well, I will tell you, I've been in the healthcare industry for a number of years, um, over over thirty mm-hmm. years now. And wow, this this is for people who are in business working for someone else. One of the things that the Lord released me from is the feeling that someone else was in control of my future and of my destiny. And what has been the biggest reward in knowing now is that I am in control, meaning that God is in control of my destiny and destiny and no employer. Now, they no longer have the opportunity to dictate what I can and cannot do, how I can and can achieve. And so I've had to make some career changes, unconventional changes. You know, when you walk away from opportunity because they're saying this is all that you can do, and you can't go any further than this. Or they're making decisions about your, your income. And so the Lord just gave me the, 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 the wherewithal to know that he is my source. And I can leave this environment and follow his leading and watch him open up doors that the enemy thought he had control over. And so I yep. say that to young women, our women who are kind of contemplating, you know, should I, you know, move forward with this venture or should I? change what I'm doing. And and we, we, we have allowed ourselves to be tied in this knot or in this cycle, in this system 
of someone else being in control of our destiny. But I tell you, there's such a freedom in breaking out of that and really getting yeah. to the point where you say, okay, God, I'm going to trust you on this. And I felt God just leading me this way. I have really literally just broken out of the box. I'm out of the box of fear. I'm out of the box of intimidation. I no longer feel that hand of somebody being on top of me trying to squish and suppress the things that God has placed in me on the inside to do. And I will tell you, when the Lord told me to move on this CD and when he told me to move on this book, I didn't ask anybody any questions. I didn't go to get anybody's permission. I didn't ask anybody what they thought or what their ideas were. I moved because he told me to move. And so I think if we get to that point where we're moving because God is telling us to move and not because someone else is trying to to tell you how to move, where to move. I'm not talking about not getting sound advice, but I'm talking about when you know you've been told to do something, you do it unapologetically and you do it without getting permission from anybody else but God. And so that's been the beautiful part about this, what I would call scary part of of my new life. But it's been such a blessing. And I, I just thank God. And I see doors just opening because I, I, I feel like I'm being obedient. So with, you know, everything that you do, everything, all the trials, tribulations you've been through, what kind of things do you do for self-love and self-care? Well, I will tell you, one of the things that I enjoy is yoga. I, I really enjoy yoga. yoga. It really relaxes you. You know, some people, you know, think you kind of get into the meditation part and all that. But I enjoy it for the relaxation. I go mm-hmm. intense. I leave out almost sleep because you you just relax. Your body relaxes. Yep. Your mind relaxes. I tend to overthink. And so when I finish my yoga session, it's as if everything has kind of emptied out. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just totally relaxed. The other thing that I try to do um, is watch my diet how I eat is critical now. And it's critical from the perspective of it being a lifestyle, not from, Uh it's not overbearing. I'm not doing crazy stuff, but because I have to kind of watch on both ends, I watch the salt for uh, the purposes of keeping my blood pressure down. Um, Mm -hmm. I watch the sugar because sugar feeds cancer cells. You know, I do believe that God has healed my body, but at the same time, I want to watch you know, the processed sugars, you know, a lot of the white stuff, a lot of uh, the uh, processed foods and things like that. Yeah. So I try to really, really watch my diet on both ends. I won't tell you that I'm an a, a exercise junkie. I used to be an athlete back in high school, and but I can't tell you that I'm that active now, but I need to be. And I, I kind of want to be. So um, that's another area that I'm really working on is really spending and, and finding that time to really exercise and kind of keep keep my body in shape. You know, I'm getting up there uh, in numbers. Um, you know, mm-hmm. some people say you don't look like what you've been through. I don't ever want to look like what I've been through. OK, um, but I do want to look good, you know. Um, and so exercise, I, I want to incorporate. I'm a, I like to shop. <laughs> some people may not find that relaxing, but for me, it is. Shopping doesn't yeah. mean you have to go out and buy everything. Shopping might be just going out, looking, trying stuff on. You know, I'm a Home Goods, Marshalls, TJ Maxx, Home Sense kind of person. Yes, yes. So, you know, I like to go in there and kind of look around and throw stuff in my my cart and then leave with nothing. And I feel really good when I leave with nothing because that meant I saved some money. But those are things that I like to do, uh, you know, just for enjoyment. 
I love being with my family. I love, uh, I have a good group of, of girlfriends who are, we support each other. Um, we love on each other. And that's been a blessing uh, to really have a good core of, of friends who are who are looking out for you, who are praying for you, who you can just kind of let your hair down that's and, right. and be yeah. who you are without apology. Uh, you know, and I just, I, I'm so grateful for the, what you call a village, grateful yeah. for the village that have just surrounded me and supported me. And I, the same for them. I think you're a product of the people that you, that you help. Meaning that when you're in need and you have a, a, a situation, they're there for you. And that's a lot of times because you've also extended yourself to them. Um, that's right. So I, I'm glad to have that core friendship and sisterhood amongst the, the young ladies that I associate with. So that's, you know, pretty much, you know, how I live, you know, and just really enjoying life uh, now has really just been a, been a blessing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's super awesome. So what is one resource that you use in your personal or business life every day that you cannot live without? Uh, okay, I need you to pray for me right now, because I want you to know that I can live without this cell phone. But I, when it comes up missing, a sister is running all over the place. I can live without it now. It's hard. I'm really trying not to have it in church, because you know that can be very <laughs> that can be very interesting sometimes. But really, this cell phone has become a companion. I asked a friend of mine uh, to help me find a a paper telephone book. Oh, and she she really? found me a paper telephone book. I said, because God knows if I lose this cell phone, I won't know nobody. Listen, numbers. I think I know four numbers by heart. That's it. That's crazy. That's crazy, but that's the truth. So I'm really trying to do my best at writing down the phone numbers that I have. If our system should crash yeah. at any given moment. That's um, right. We're kind of lost. And even if we've got to go to another source to get it, that's the issue of time. Yeah, so I need something paper every now and then, old school, uh, yeah. to remember those phone numbers. So, yeah, this cell phone would be my issue. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy because it, it, you can see how times have changed. Because yes. you know, back in the day, you knew everybody's phone number because you was calling them from your house phone. Yes. Cell phones exist. like, yes. I don't even know this person's phone number anymore. Yes. And you know, it was very interesting. This past uh, week, last, last week, I guess, we had our International Women's Convention. And in the convention center, there was a telephone booth. And I was teasing one of the friends. I said, let me run it. I said, come on, take my picture in this booth. Because, I mean, when's the last time you saw a payphone? That's what it was. Exactly. It was a payphone. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> I'm about to go get me a paper phone book, too. Because you better get one. I'm trying to tell you. Things be getting real. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I don't know this girl right. number. <laughs> <laughs> that is the truth. So do you have any upcoming events or projects that you can share with our listeners? Yes, I do. I do have a a book signing that's coming up on the 9th of June. Yes. And so we'll continue to to do more book signings. And so there's some other opportunities that we're looking up um, down the road. So, you know, my goal is to just continue to to share the book wherever I can. I've been asked to kind of participate in some other programs that will be coming up. So those things um, I'll make available on my website. My website is www.jaculinhjones.com. And so we'll be posting, you know, events and, and things of either where I've been or where I anticipate going forward. So I'm just, you know, going to walk this walk and continue to to share the good news. I'll be back in the studio 
very soon. I have another song that will be coming out. And then after that, hopefully a full album. Um, so we're awesome. really looking on looking at, um, you know, just completing some of those projects between now and the end of the year. So just really, really excited about the future. Yes. Very excited. Very excited. So before we go, can you give our listeners one tip about how to boss up? Of course, not just in business, but in life. In life, I'd say stay focused. That That is going to be the number one key. Stay focused. Watch the distractions. Continue to pursue your dreams, but stay focused. Yep. I love it, y'all. Keep your eyes on the prize. On the prize. That's right. That's right. Okay, because it's going to be so many things that get thrown your way to exactly. try to knock you off course. Yes. yes. And you have to keep steadfast and know that you know that you want to do this one particular thing. So you need yes. to keep going despite anything that comes your way. Yes, yes. And if I could tag anything onto that, it's stand still. Um, yeah. Stay focused and stand still. That was our message for the day. And it really, really kind of hit home about, you know, just just knowing, uh, you know, that God is there for you and to just stand still. Don't be so easily shaken and, and moved by the things that you're confronted with. But if we just stand mm-hmm. still with God, I trust and believe and know that everything that we pursue is going to come out. It's going to work out. Whatever it is, it's going to work out. It's going to work out for you. So just stay focused and stand still. Yes, I love it. I love it. I'm so happy that you were able to be a guest on the show today, Jacqueline. Yes. And I thank you so much for inviting me. I really do. I pray that, you know, we'll continue to be able to have these conversations um, and, and, yes. and continue to share. So we'll, we'll keep you posted on what's happening with us. And I yes. appreciate so much for you allowing me to come on. Thank you so much. I hope everyone, you know, wrote down those gems that you were dropping and how they can get in contact with you if need be. Make sure, you know, if she hosts a book signing in your area, make sure you go out and support her. And for that, With that being said, I hope everyone has an amazing day and continue to boss up with purpose. Thank you for listening to this episode of Purposely Bossing Up. Continue to keep bossing up with purpose.